0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle Project Podcast. This is your host, Nick Marcos, and this is my newest project where I'm sitting down with local business owners and community members who truly embody the hustle mentality. We're going to dive in deep and get their amazing stories of the ups, the downs, and everything in between. So whether you're an entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, or you're just someone who enjoys hearing the stories behind our community's movers and shakers, this is the podcast for you. So tune in and take pride knowing that we have these great people with incredible stories living right here in our neighborhood. Make sure you tune in weekly for our newest episodes. For more information, check out our website, hustleprojectpodcast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at hustleprojectpodcast. Enjoy this week's episode, guys. the show
1: thank you so much for having me
0: i was fortunate enough to visit your store today and i noticed that you guys are celebrating your 50th anniversary we are tell me a little bit about the beginnings of the ultimate because 50 years is a big number and i'd like to know sort of where you guys got started sure
1: well when i was a little girl my mother and father used to own a lot of bar rooms down Riviera beach And then they separated, so my mother tried other jobs and did not like working for anybody else but herself. So she happened to be down Hampton Beach, and she saw a little boutique, and it caught her fancy. Then she found out that our side of the road where we lived was zoned for business, and she decided to start a little boutique in the basement of our house.
0: Selling dresses.
1: Well, back then, we sold more like everyday wear, bathing suits, jeans, clubbing dresses, not so much in the evening wear at all. We were in the house for, until I think 1994. And then we kind of outgrew the basement of the house. And we moved up to Route 1 in Saugus, where Caruso's Diplomat was. Yeah, And we decided to try a little bit of the evening wear, the prom, more than what we had in the past. And it just kind of took off and took over from there.
0: Is this like in the 80s probably? Or, I'm sorry, well, 90s, I'm sorry?
1: In the 90s, 90s? Is when we moved to Saugus, yep. yes.
0: And so the the whole idea behind proms was sort of taking off at the same time, right? Yes. It was becoming yes. more and more popular. And it was, yes. Yeah. We
1: dabbled in it a little bit when we were in the house in Revere, but once we moved, it pretty much soared from there.
0: Okay, and so when did your mom, so- when did your mom finish um, with the business? Because you took it over now, right?
1: My sister and I, yes. Oh, okay. your um, my mother was very much involved until she, she passed away. And in October 2011.
0: Oh, okay. Recently.
1: Yes. Yes. She's the one that found the spot that we are in now and uh, we owe it all to her. And Mm
0: -hmm. so she was, she active until, until she passed away?
1: Pretty much. More on the phone of what's going on. She wanted to be involved even though she couldn't physically be there.
0: Okay. So, but <laughs> you and your sister, who are now the owners, right? you guys grew up in the store.
1: Absolutely. So
0: you must have a lot of childhood memories of just running around, trying oh, dresses on. And yes. So you must be like...
1: I had a built-in playhouse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I have two daughters at home. <laughs> and so I can imagine what it's going to be like when they get older. But you sort of got what most little girls dream of yes. you got to grow up in a dress
1: store I did I was five when she opened the store wow so there was a lot of trying on things that were way too big for me but right. it was fun
0: so growing up there did you ever get to a point where you're like you know I just I've had enough like I was there ever a point where you were like I just can't put anything on but you know sweatpants and a sweater because I'm just sick of wearing dresses um, I'm sick of being dressed up or
1: not too often no <laughs> I mean when I'm hanging around the house
0: okay yeah because, I mean, you can, you can tell, and, and to anybody who hasn't been to the store, a lot of the women listening to this have been to the store, I'm sure, at some point in their life. A lot of the stuff is glamorous. It's not like just the normal b- regular black dresses. It's like stuff is done up really nice for special occasions mostly, right?
1: Mostly, yes. I mean, we do have something for everybody because a lot of people don't like the glitz and glam. So right. we do have the plain little black dress if needed.
0: Yeah. What I thought was really cool about doing a site visit, um, you guys are really pushing sort of women empowerment. And or, you know, empowering young girls. And it's weird because when I pulled up to the property um, it, and, you know, I'm a little apprehensive to go inside because I'm, you know, I'm a guy like sort of like walking into a prom dress store. But as I'm walking in, I noticed that on the concrete, on the hot top in front of the property, you guys have quotes yes. and and empowering uh, verbiage sort of in the front there and in the hallway going all the way up. There's a beautiful chandelier but there's also writing all over the walls. And it's it's interesting because not too long ago I was talking to my wife, having two little girls, I was telling her how important it is that there is always that sort of message, you know, of making sure they understand that same stuff. Can you talk to me a little bit about what that messaging is? Like, Can you tell the listeners like, what kind of messaging it is and where that came from? I thought it was very interesting to walk into a prom store, which is really high on vanity. Mm-hmm. That's sort of taking the time to make sure that the young girls that are coming in there understand that th- this is a dress store, but we really believe that you should love yourself first. Absolutely. You
1: know, so. Well, being in the um, social occasion, business. You meet all kinds of people and you hear so many stories and a lot of them are not happy. A lot of girls tell you stories and they are in tears and you try to build them up. You mean
0: when they're there fitting fitting yep. dresses? Yep,
1: because they feel beautiful and some of them have never felt beautiful before to themselves.
0: Until they put on that extravagant yes. dress.
1: Yes. So we just thought that, you know, some people need to be built up a little bit and that these quotes may help them. And a lot of it, the kids that come in, even parents, mothers, fathers even, they, they love the idea of it.
0: Yeah. And so it, was that something that you guys thought of, your sister and yourself, or was it?
1: It was actually all my sister's idea.
0: Was it? Yes. And that's initially when you opened the store with that, or is it something that kind of came along the way?
1: No, nope, this just came in this beginning of this prom season. So we did it right before January.
0: Yeah, but it's a good, it's, it's a good look because what it does is it really makes, it must make the women who are coming in, feel right away that this store is not about just making me look good today it's about sending a message that you know of course we're going to highlight you in this beautiful dress but you know when you leave and when you come in understand that we believe that you should feel beautiful all That's the time. right absolutely you know vanity is one thing but when they overdo it, it you know and, and nowadays i'm sure you see it firsthand on the front lines with the young girls especially you know with social media there's a lot to live up to i mean everybody's a Taking professional photos and the standard is so high. You know, I follow you guys on social media and you guys do a good job of making sure you're sending the you're, you're putting out pictures, but you guys have models.
1: Yes, we do, the Ultimate Angels. Right.
0: <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> Thank you. So you guys have models and that's an interesting approach. So you don't actually ask the guests to take pictures.
1: No, they can. The angels when they're in the store, they walk around to customers and ask if they mind if they put them in pictures to go on social media and most of the customers are very happy to do it.
0: Oh, they do. Yeah. So the the angels. Yes. What what is that all about? Are these like Professional models or
1: no, they are not they are everyday girls that we happen to find in the store that had come in at one time or another to shop for dresses and so we asked them, you know we're trying to go in a little different route for social media and ask them if they 'd like a job coming in and putting on dresses and oh, so
0: they're paid these are yes. actually, oh these are paid models they are oh wow that's so cool so the, uh, and these are a lot of customers of yours, so this is like a, a great way to get your. Your own customer base involved. Yes. And so you, you um, get them to come in and, and they, take, they take pictures with a signed dress. So you guys actually have shoots.
1: It, they do it all themselves on their phone.
0: So without your guidance.
1: Right. That's they it. pretty much take the reins when they come through the door.
0: So they can come in at any time, try on some dresses and, and post them on social. Yes. Wow. And so what's been the feedback from that?
1: Uh, it's been very good. Very, yeah. very good. We're lucky to have the angels that we have. We think they do a great job. They represent our store name, our clothes to the hilt. They do a great job. They really do.
0: And on social media, they're getting a lot of positive feedback.
1: Yes. So yes. has
0: it has it ended up? You know, net, has the net result been an increase in revenue because of that, or is it just is this something you just do to just for long term branding?
1: Right. I I don't think it's the cause of us doing any more business. I would like to hope so, but right. I don't know if that's the exact answer for it. But um, just as social media, you know, trying to get the more likes you get on, right. you know, yeah. the higher and up in the rankings and all Yeah. That. And the reason
0: I ask is because a lot of businesses will try to make the argument that, look, I spent, you know, 500 bucks advertising on Facebook and I didn't get anything in return. Mm-hmm. And it's almost because a lot of businesses are looking for that immediate return, their immediate return. Oh, yeah, I had a busy Saturday because I advertised on Friday. Like when you put something out in the paper back in the day. Yes. You know, and, and you ran a special for the weekend then you would expect it to be busy that weekend. Social media doesn't work like that. Not at all. No. So it's a very complicated machine, but a lot of businesses are so short-sighted that they're like, "Whoa, well, you know, if I if I put the work in to fa- to Facebook or Instagram, I should see results immediately." But it, you you can say firsthand, and I know firsthand, it takes time. It
1: does. You have to be diligent mm-hmm. and just wait.
0: Yeah, and you guys do an amazing job. I mean, your feed is literally because I follow you, I follow everybody that I um that I have as a guest, and I follow you guys, and I see that you're very active, and you're always promoting, uh, indirectly. So you're not necessarily saying, well, this dress costs $500 uh, or during prom season, you guys must get really, really active on social. I wasn't following you at that time. Yes, very much. So actually let me take it there because prom season is probably your biggest.
1: Yes, it is. It's our busiest season. So
0: how do you guys handle the influx in business? Do you hire?
1: We do. We start hiring October, November because Christmas vacation week is really when it all breaks loose. Right. That's when all the kids start. and That early? Yes. We get all the new, like, so the Prom 2020 things right. will start coming in in October, November.
0: So they're pushing kids to get active early. Right. So did that, so before it must have happened shorter and faster, right? So it's like yes. a very busy uh, May and April, for example, right? But now it's spread over six months. Yes, it is. is. That, has that been better for you or, or worse for you?
1: I like it better. You do? Yes, I do. It, it definitely spreads it out. And it makes the winter fly by.
0: Uh, Because you guys stay busy. (laughs) Otherwise, the winter was probably (laughs) a very slow time. Unless you're selling fur coats. (laughs) True. (laughs) So, um, you don't, you haven't. So, originally, you told me when you guys first started out, um, you were more apparel, just general apparel. Yeah. Like when I go to the store now, I see almost all, I call them prom dresses just because I'm a guy, but all um, special event dresses. Exactly. You have such a huge footprint. Have you guys ever thought about expanding into other apparel? Like going back to your roots, throwing it
1: back? No, we have not. No. No, we kind of got out of it. Things got difficult. The changes in the way people dressed, you know, the looks changed, their likes changed. And a lot of the manufacturers we dealt with at that point in time, you had to buy prepacks, which meant you had to buy 12 pieces and no choice of what sizes you got. So if you don't have the customer that fits those sizes, you're done.
0: Right. And is the business still like that, you think?
1: Um, I don't know. It's been so long since we've been out of the everyday wear. I'm not sure how the manufacturers are working, but I'm thinking they do. you are happy
0: being sort of specializing in special occasion dresses. Yes, we are. And you're not really interested in venturing out. It's just you have such a huge footprint. And it's utilized. I mean, there's dresses everywhere. I mean, it's full of dresses. Uh, I did not expect to see so many options. But. It looks like you could chop off a piece if you wanted to explore other things. Like, I, I saw shoes on the wall. You guys have some nice um, shoes. Yes. And I saw a uh, uh, small display of men's tuxedos. Mm-hmm. The the room for expansion is there. That's why I was curious to know if it was something that might be coming in the future as you guys dabble. But, you know, it, it makes sense now that you say it because it is a whole business, different business model.
1: Yes, it's, it is. And, you know, the old saying, if it's not broke... Don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Yeah. So, well, that's hard to
0: do yeah. because a lot of people um, don't operate from a uh, – that, that would be more a more um, fearless approach to look at things where mo- other people are like, well, I need to do more. I need to do more. Um, I need to have more. I want to make more money. I want to attract more customers. But right. sometimes it's better to be good right. at one thing. Right. I mean, clearly, it's not a small operation. Um, from what I let, read online, it's the largest
1: on the, the East Coast, yes. Largest on the East yeah, Coast. In New England, yes.
0: And so that, that so, did your mom know about that?
1: Um, well, she passed right before we opened. So okay. she really never got to see the inside of the store. And in fact, her last words were, you know, the only thing she regrets is she's not going to be able to see the, the store finished. No, and I told her you will, just from a different angle
0: she worked you know her tail off for almost 50 years. Oh, absolutely. to do it and yeah. it's really it's really good to see two siblings um manage to take the store to the next level because a lot of times obviously in business especially it's handed down and then the right. second generation usually loses it. I mean statistically it's it gets even harder for a second generation. Um,
1: Unfortunately, you see that a lot, and it's a shame.
0: It is a big shame because there's a lot of legacy businesses on the North Shore, especially mm-hmm. that have fallen to the wayside because the kids couldn't couldn't do it. They, right. It's because of the why. You know, it's it's the why. You know, your mom did it because yeah. she at some point had a why. Um, so, what what do you think your mom helped you do? Well,
1: like, she was the perfect role model. You know, she was um, a wonderful woman had a great idea, always pushing, always working hard. And so I grew up with that. And honestly, when I graduated high school, I didn't have a choice. I wasn't going to college. She put me to work. Wow. Yeah.
0: College wasn't an option.
1: Nope. Not in her mind.
0: (laughs) uh, I I advocate for that. I don't think college should be an option. What's your position on that? I mean, I don't think everybody needs to go to college.
1: I absolutely agree. Number one, it may not be for everybody. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that I know that have gone to college, they are not in the business that they went to, right. you know, that they took in college, whether it be finance or lawyer or nurse or mm-hmm. do- whatever.
0: Yeah. And you're asking a 17-year-old kid to make a decision on what they want to be for the rest of their life. <laughs> that's, that's hard. That's very hard to yes. do. And, and ultimately, a lot of people end up doing something that they're not passionate about. So did your mom realize that you had a passion for it? Or was it just something that she just she just knew that? I, don't I
1: know. think she took it for granted that I did have a passion for because I grew up in it and I know the business from A to Z. Whatever needs to be done, whatever place I need to be in, I do it all.
0: Right. So you don't think that your mom pushed it on you. You just think that she recognized that you would excel at it and she said there's no need for you to go to college.
1: I think she pushed a little. She pushed a yeah. little.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's how moms are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I grew up um, in a diner the same way you grew up in, a, in the dress store and for me it was a similar experience you know my parents worked really hard and it's i take the monkey see monkey do approach right. you know i saw them work and work and work and work and i grew up seeing that and i th- i thought that that's what you needed to do i mean i didn't think that you could just not go to work or work 22 hours a week like there were people i knew after i got out of college that worked 35 hours a week and I, and they would say that that was full time and i was like i'm i'm working 30 hours a week in college you know where how is that full time so you and I see this a lot. It's very prevalent with the young with young kids sort of coming into to work for me. Um, the work ethic seems to be dropping off. Their expectations have changed a lot. You employ some younger people. We do. What do you think? What do you think has been a successful approach from your business that's helped you sort of keep those people, those young kids, um, actively employed? In other words, like they're motivated to come to work, and it's not just. What are you doing?
1: Well. We try to keep it as one big family, and it's not an easy job. It's very busy, and there it's always go, go, go. Granted, a lot of them do not work out, but a lot of them come back year after year. So there's something that they like about it, and I, I really think it's the atmosphere, and everybody that works for us, I mean, they treat them as equals. They're not a little kid.
0: Right. You know? So it's interesting because, um, you know, this generation of Business owners are, or the younger generation of business owners uses a lot of keywords like culture and things like that. And it's, it's interesting to sit and speak with you who's someone who's a very experienced entrepreneur. I mean, we're not talking about someone who's been in business for like 10 years. We're talking about 50 years of, of history. And it's, it doesn't matter who I talk to, a 25-year-old entrepreneur or a 50-year-old entrepreneur, it always seems to be the same thing in different words. So in other words, like culture is something that is so important in a small business. If you're an entrepreneur starting a business and you're overlooking the culture of the store that you're creating, then you're probably setting yourself up for failure. But in your answer, the, the one word answer would have been the culture, right? Culture. Yes. But it's funny how you describe it because you don't use those keywords like culture and whatnot. But you did describe culture and that's an interesting thing to but anyway, so I visited the store today and I noticed there were. I mean, how many dresses are in there?
1: Probably 20,000. I,
0: I left there saying, my business is called Auto Factory. I left there saying, this place should be called the Dress Factory. It was like nothing I've seen before blew my expectations away. How do you manage that much inventory? We do. If you Is just it, figure it out?
1: Yes. You, know, you, so you must
0: have a system in place, like a, some sort of system to manage all that inventory?
1: It's all on paper.
0: It's all <laughs> Really?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that's old school. We're afraid it to, works, to
1: computerize this. some older people and some not real computer savvy people that work with us. And yeah. I'm afraid everything disappearing.
0: Right. Well, I don't blame you. It's a real concern. And yes. if you have it on paper, it's really, it's a big, pr- I mean, you're talking about, a lot of dresses to inventory. Yes. I'm sure that you could somehow become more efficient in doing that. Um, We talk about it. Yeah. But like you said before, it sounds like your approach is pretty much, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And it's not broken. No. A Mm -hmm. lot of businesses, as time goes on, um, they peak and then they sort of come down as they refuse or forget to adjust with the changing times. Absolutely. What do you guys do to stay ahead of that? Because you're maintaining your relevance. You know, you're still a, you're still the most well-known on the North Shore, as far as I know. Um, you're still a prominent figure on Route 1, which is a very hard thing to accomplish. A
1: destination. Yeah. You, yeah.
0: What, do you, what do
1: you attribute? So, What do you guys do to stay ahead of the curve? Well, uh, my sister and I, we do go to a lot of the shows that they have, whether it's in Vegas, California, Atlanta, Chicago. And we go to visit the manufacturers. They invite us in and show us the lines. And a lot of the times we're invited in before the line is even produced, they want our opinion on them. And I wish we had a crystal ball. You never know what the kids are going to like every year or the mothers right. or the bridesmaids or anything. You just, it's kind of a guessing game.
0: Right, but you, you trust your gut. Yes. And you're just years yes. and years of experience to know where the trend is mm-hmm. and where it's going.
1: And but really you're not like
0: reading magazines all day. like no. Watching uh, reality TV to see.
1: No, s- not at all.
0: You're 100% from the gut. Yes. You just know where the trend is. Mm-hmm. You know where the trend is going and it's working.
1: It has, yes. Wow. We've been lucky.
0: That's v- Well, it's not that complicated if you trust your gut. True. But you got to trust your gut. Yes. And that's very that's, hard. To- yes,
1: no matter what you do.
0: Right. Yes. I, I agree. I think it's one of the most, over. I think a lot of young entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general spend too much time um, trying to figure it out. Second guessing. uh, Yeah, and thinking that there's an absolute answer. There's no absolute answer. It's dynamic. It's changing all the time.
1: And you can't be afraid to change with the times, like you've said before. You know, if something isn't working, you can't stick with it. You have to change.
0: Well, and it comes down to drive. And, you know, someone gets a little older and they start to say, well, you know, I don't really need the money as much. You know, I've already experienced success for 20, 30 years. And I have my home. I have my cars. You know, my kids are out of school. And then it sort of becomes easier for them to relax and say... Okay, I'm going to take a day off, you know, and take a deep breath, and, and it's well deserved. But you know, in business, if you're not changing, someone else is, and it doesn't take very long for someone to come in and knock you right off your feet. Right. I mean, having such a massive store like you guys do, um, you you have such a big footprint. It's easier for you to absorb mistakes. Is that correct? Like, if you make a bad purchase, for example, mm-hmm. you can absorb that because you have such a huge uh, space that you, you can have those dresses and not worry about it. Where someone who has a small boutique, they have to be dead on. True. Yeah. Yes. So you consider that a huge advantage? Yes. Yeah, to yes. have that. And is that sort of the reason for the expansion? Because you were, at one point, occupying a smaller building.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So is that why you guys expanded?
1: Every building that we've moved to, we outgrew. Oh. And honestly, I was always on my sister and my mother's back to purchase property because for the amount of rent you pay on Route 1... Right. You You're could print buy. that towards a loan. And so, um, like I said, my mother was driving by Route 1 and it finally clicked in her all these years of me barking at her about buying some place. She said, call this phone number.
0: Um, let me take it back for a second. So sure. uh, you said your mom started the business in a basement.
1: Yes. yes. So people are
0: coming from all over the place, knocking on your door.
1: There was a separate entrance. And they yes.
0: would come in yep. and you guys would have a cash register and everything down there? Yeah.
1: It was, it was set li- up like a regular little store.
0: And so at, s- at some point you guys decided to, to go. So is Route 1 the next stepping stone?
1: Yes. Uh, we went from Riviera to Saugus. And then from Saugus, Saugus down the street Pe- to, Peabody, to Peabody. And now, as I say, this is the last stop on the train. I'm not going anywhere <laughs> else.
0: <laughs> well, talk to me about the future a little bit. Okay. Um, who's who's next? I mean, are your kids growing up in in the store?
1: Well, I only have one 13-year-old son. Okay. Okay. Um, I bring him to work with me during the summer vacation months so yep. he's not home alone and I don't know how interested he is as of right now. Okay, well. But my brother did have three children and his middle, Crystal, she does work with us now. And she's been there for quite a few years. She has potential? Yes, she does. Okay, and she your does. sister? My sister, she's older than I, so she's been she started in the business before I did. Even though I grew up in it, she worked in it before I was there. Okay, and uh, she does most of the buying, and she'll always find her walking around, smiling, laughing. Oh, so
0: she she's there all the time. She is. Yep, oh, okay. she's there a lot too.
1: She um, takes a lot of the summers off because she does a lot of traveling. But she's there from uh, January to June, faithfully.
0: So so it's it's going to be between your son and Crystal.
1: Yes, and um, we do have a great niece. Well, actually, two great nieces. So we'll see where it goes.
0: Okay, but short term, it doesn't matter, anyways, right? Right, because Fawn is still. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I I think. Another interesting part about this business that a lot of I think especially a lot of guys but a lot of people don't understand is how much work you have to be has to be put into supplying inventory. Like talk to me a little bit about what it takes to get a dress in that store. So I mean it's not like you're you're not ordering from a catalog.
1: No. Most of the time you are not.
0: You guys are traveling a lot. I mean mm-hmm. just to get you on the show it took us a few weeks to figure out a schedule because you guys were traveling. So right. I mean I would think traveling is a good thing. At one point in your life, it was probably an amazing thing, but now it's work.
1: Yes, it's 24-7. So it like? You may be traveling, but the second you get off the plane, you're working.
0: So you're going, you're meeting with vendors, you're going yes. to, to factories or whatnot, and you're, and you're
1: yep. what are yes. you doing there? Well, they show you the line for the upcoming season, and sometimes um, we're invited to preview the line and give them our opinions. No, change this, get rid of this, add this, and then they'll produce the line. I just came back from Chicago with one of the manufacturers called Elise, where I previewed the 2020 line, and you sit there, you go through a fashion show, and it starts at nine in the morning, and it ends at six at night, Wow! and you just sit there and preview all the dresses. And so you have
0: like a notebook and a pen, and you're and you're writing down what you think is hot.
1: Exactly, and, and then when the show's over, you get to go behind the scenes and actually go feel the fabrics and see it up close, because on stage with all the lights twinkling, everything looks beautiful, but sometimes not. And, and then it's you not. place your order. Yes,
0: that just sounds like a dream job for a lot of women.
1: It, it's fun as much as it's a hard lot of work, right. but it's fun. Yeah. It is. I
0: can imagine. If you're into fashion. Yes. It would be really fun. And is that how, you know, are all your dresses sourced like that? Or are there different systems for different places? Or is that normally the system?
1: Well, there's a big prom show in Atlanta in August that all the vendors go to. I think there's like 17 floors in the Atlanta Mart and you go for a week, and again, from nine in the morning till sometimes 11 at night, it's just go, go, go.
0: And you're, you're doing a lot, a lot of buying. Yes. You're constantly going month after month after month to different places to fill the store. Yes. So it's not just a one time or two times a year. How often are you traveling?
1: Well, a lot of the travel comes in the summer months. During the winter months, we're too busy at the store to travel, so they send us um, sometimes links by computer that we look, or sometimes catalogs that we look through, and that's how we place like the fall orders.
0: It's an interesting business model, and I'm surprised that, you know, it's it's gotten to the point where the mom-and-pop shop for fashion is gone, because the little boutiques are really where you find the special pieces, right? Because there's small suppliers that are not selling at a, at, at other stores. So if you're not going to the Ultimate, your options are pretty limited for prom dresses, right? I mean, there are other stores that like, yeah. like it, but... The big box retailers have gotten away from from that.
1: They do have some. They're definitely the big box stores. They do have some. I notice sometimes when I walk through them. Oh, you'll see. But you'll, you're getting, you know, 20, 30 of the same dress, sometimes right. even more where we only have one or two of the same dress.
0: Are you buying only one or two of mm-hmm. the same dress or yep. do they only make it?
1: Nope. That's you all. We don't flood like we don't have 10 of this dress in a size six. Oh, you, don't. you know, we'll only get one. On purpose? Mm-hmm. Because... You know, we don't want everybody looking the same.
0: And with social media, everybody sees everybody. You know, not back in the day where nobody knew what you wore to want. You could wear the same dress arguably to another prom and nobody
1: would know about yes, it. Yes, even though girls will not. But <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. No.
0: Um, and I noticed also, too, that the that the price tag, I mean, they're not prom dresses are not cheap.
1: Nope. There are some inexpensive ones, but I'd say there's some that are in the low hundreds and they'll go up to 1000
0: Right. I saw a few of them that were very expensive and I said, Mm -hmm. wow, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of money, I'm sure, but spending $1,000 or $800 on a prom dress, what, what has your store done or what exists out there for secondhand dresses? I mean, so what do they do with that dress when, when they're done with it?
1: Well, a lot of girls, there are consignment shops and they give them to the consignment shops and then. A lot of them, like, we got into donating a lot for people that can't afford a prom dress. There's a a lot of avenues out there that cover that.
0: Have you ever thought about dedicating a small portion of your store to lightly used or whatever they would call it right. i mean listen to the you know the guy who sells yeah. used cars tell <laughs> yes. you that but <laughs> but good one <laughs> I know, right? but i mean there must I know, I know it might not necessarily work for your brand you may not feel like it works for your brand but you would be able to capture such a huge part of that market because they're buying it from you and you could probably you know give them a value a used value when they even buy it i mean it's, a, it's an interesting take on that business
1: there is there is but I'm thinking as if I own 10,000 square feet of new dresses. Right. I want to sell those.
0: I know. <laughs> you, have en- you, you have enough to sell. Yes. Well, you know, you could spin it off. You could have another store. You can be the, the, the ultimate um, again. Yeah,
1: there you go. That's, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um,
0: so I do know that you also have another store. Um, it's in... Dedham. 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 Yes. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about the, how did that come about.
1: We always wanted to expand to different cities. We get girls... All over the place. We They come down from Canada, New York, Vermont, Maine. There's a girl that used to come in from the Bahamas all the time. So we wanted to try to venture out a little bit into a part of Massachusetts that we didn't get a really big draw from. right? You know, just dribs and drabs. So my sister and I, we just drove around and we came across a store in Dedham at the Dedham Plaza. And... We talked to them, and two years ago, we rented it just seasonally. It's a pop-up store. Oh, so. it's a pop-up yeah, store. It's a pop-up oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah, I love this concept yes. because
0: it's, uh, it's noncommittal. You, right. So you don't have a lease. You just, no, not at all. You just go in. You say, I need it for four months, mm-hmm. and you stock up some vans, and you run. And, and so what about employee, uh, have employees? Do they come from here?
1: Well, no. We got lucky because the store that we are in in Dedham used to be an Alfred Angelo Bridal store, and okay. they went under. And we happened to get the manager from there to run our store oh, in the same perfect, spot. So yeah. she does all the hiring, all the scheduling, and we send her the dresses. And
0: so it's easier for you to run it from a distance because that's the biggest challenge yes. when you have a second location is that does, you have to go down there all the time. I have to go bring supplies right. or I have to go do that. So you, you were fortunate enough to, right from the beginning, you had a trustworthy and capable person. Absolutely, wow, yes. what a huge... Yes, so
1: great. That's huge. You know, I, I always wanted to be triplets because there's not enough for me to go around, but I didn't want to go to Dedham every day. Right, right. <laughs>
0: so when you made the decision, that must have made it a lot easier.
1: Absolutely. Right? Yes. And how
0: has it? How has the community that Dedham area sort of taken, taken it? I mean,
1: we've done a really good business from the Dedham and surrounding areas, and Diana is the manager's name, and she she works hard, and her girls work hard, and they do a really good job there. Was you know?
0: Was piggybacking off of Peabody something that you did, or did you go down there and not really spread the word about who you were? I mean, when you went there, was it aggressively marketed as a spin, you know, a second location from the ultimate? Yes, and
1: a lot of the people there knew of the ultimate, so.
0: But it might have just been a little further than they were willing to go for a prom dress. Yes. The seasonality of it, to me, is so enticing, because when you can do something short-term, non-committal. Oh, it makes you it can't a lot easier. can beat it. It's yes. a
1: no-brainer, as they say. Yeah, yeah, because
0: you can, I mean, think about it. I mean, every business has its ups and its downs throughout mm-hmm. the year. I mean, no business is constantly growing like that. Small brick-and-mortar stores are usually susceptible to the market. The market changes all the time. So if you could pick the four months or five months that you want to be in business, you just pick the four or five busiest, right. yep. and it, it works out great. And what an amazing landlord you must have to, to work with you on that.
1: Yes, they were very willing to help us out. They knew of us, and right. I'm sure it didn't help, you know, hurt their plaza by having us there.
0: Any more expansion on the way?
1: We haven't been in the talks yet about okay. it. Uh, we get a lot of customers asking us to go to New Hampshire mm-hmm. and Worcester, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have enough people for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you hesitant? Is growth... A turn off or a turn on for you? I mean,
1: it's a little bit of both. It does make a lot more work, even though I physically don't have to be in Dedham and work, but I still have to do the books and the pays and you know solve the problems and
0: right. So, when if it's if it's an option to do more of what you're doing now in Dedham, it sounds like you would do it, but
1: with the right people, with the right people, sure.
0: It's interesting because it's it's such a limited investment. Mm-hmm. And you already are stockpiled. You could probably just take a little bit away from what you got in Peabody and fill a whole other yep. store. When
1: Dedham runs low, the Diana comes to our store and she goes through the racks and How big fills is the them.
0: Dedham store compared to the Peabody? Peabody is, you said, 10,000? 10,000, 10,000 square feet. It is. Wow.
1: Um, Dedham, I think, is 3,000.
0: Okay, good. So it's a smaller store. Yes. Yeah. That's... And and I like a smaller store, too. It's just easier to manage. So it's staffed. It's not... I mean, I went to your store. I went to the Ultimate today, this Mm -hmm. afternoon, um, to check it out. And there was quite a few people working there. It was a big store, so you need a lot of people to cover that footprint. Yes, yes. the other store, uh, there's less people working there. There is. Yeah. I'm totally amazed by how you can manage to have such a store so big and keep the... Because there was, I think, six or seven women working at the front desk. And... It must, you must have to run down, you know, it's like going for a jog.
1: It's a great exercise. It
0: must be a great exercise, but they were all, like, everybody had a smile on their face. I walked in and everybody was smiling and everybody was sort of excited to see somebody. There was a girl, actually, when I walked in, there was a girl um, downstairs leaving with her, prom, it looked like a dress, okay. it wasn't a prom dress, but it was a dress, and she was smiling like she just hit the lottery. I mean, uh-huh. talk to me a little bit about the customer experience at your store while, while we're there, because <laughs> it's a place that most girls must leave happy. Yes. Right. Yes.
1: That's our goal. So how do you,
0: what are you doing that's different than other places?
1: Well, honestly, I don't know how other places work. I haven't been anywhere else, but we are definitely one-on-one. When you come through the door, you get a sales associate that's there for your beck and call. Okay. You know, um, you look through the racks and they help you. They find out what you're needing and listening to you. And they get, uh, they're very good at what they do. And, they can suggest something, and 9 out of 10 times what the sales associate has picked out for the customer is what they end up with. Because they know. Yeah. They, they know. have a great eye, and they're good at what they do.
0: So it's very similar in the car business as well. You might not know, but a lot of people come in for one particular car, and they don't realize that it might not have been a good fit, and the fuel economy was really what they were worried about, so we'll sell them a product that's better on, on gas. It's
1: because you know your business. Because you know your
0: business, but... In the car business, we're met, you know, um, a lot of people come in and they're very apprehensive to engage with the salesperson because they feel as if they're being sold. Do you get the same feedback at your store? Do you?
1: Every once in a while you do. You know, okay. I just want to look. I want to be left alone.
0: Okay. But and then so they, how,
1: they, they, they lighten up. They, and so yeah. how do you
0: handle it? Do you take a hands-off approach and then just allow them to come?
1: Yes. We, you know, back off and... Not that we're right at them, but we let them have their the space. space. You know, you have any questions, when you want to try something on, please let me know. And then they warm up, you know, the sales associate, they, they get a rapport with right. their customers.
0: It's tough because people want, people have an idea of what they want, but that idea is not always practical. Right? Sometimes, so, you know, sometimes,
1: you know, we, we put on them what they, what they want and then they try others and they end up loving something more.
0: So the employees that you have working there mm-hmm. did an amazing job today, I have to tell you. Because oh, well, I went thank in, you. I went in as you know, as a man by himself and you know, they could have been like, What do you want or what are you doing here? And and instead they said, you know, let us know if you need any help with anything. Mm-hmm. And um and I walked around and then, you know, we joked a little bit as as we left and I was like, Wow, what a what a positive experience at a at a retail store. Um, you know, you go to the malls and the retail experience has has gone to the wayside now. I'm sure you remember as I remember going to say like a Macy's and it was such a personal experience and things were being sold
1: mm-hmm.
0: they weren't just for sale um, cashiers were available for transactions mm-hmm. to take place
1: and you could find things and you could find things
0: mm-hmm. and it's, I feel like you know when you go with the retail experience now the big box retailers are so bad at that that you can beat them simply by just Having good customer service now.
1: True, there isn't a whole lot of customer service none, out there anymore. None. So unfortunately, I wanna, yeah, mm. I
0: want to give you some kudos for that because the girls that you have there are like, by far of all the retail places I've been for a long time, they they are top notch because they actually made me feel comfortable at a dress oh, store, and you. I wasn't there to buy a dress. So it's it really says a lot about what. Your culture, back to what we we were talking about earlier, what your culture really is, when the people who work for you truly love their job, it really, it has has a profound effect on the experience at the store.
1: They're the backbone. Yes.
0: Yeah, they are. And it's Mm -hmm. very overlooked. And I love the fact that you're not overlooking it. And that probably speaks volumes to why you've managed to be successful or your family's managed to be successful for so long. But I want to wrap this up. I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming down. It's really, really a cool story, and I hope everybody who's listening to it um, gets a chance to check it out. Do you want to just shout out the address and social, some social stuff?
1: Sure. So we're at The Ultimate. It's 130 Newberry Street in Peabody, which is Route 1 South. Our website is theultimateprom.com. And when you get a chance, come on in and say hi.
0: And ask for fun. Yes. And actually, before we before we end... You said you had something special going on?
1: Yes. Well, since this is our 50th year, we have a big 50th birthday bash going on on the J- July 25th. We're having a big dinner cruise from Gloucester. And anybody would like to join us, we'd be more than happy to have you.
0: Oh, interesting. And all right, so I'll reach the infos
1: out. on our site.
0: Yeah, so reach out through the website or through social yes. and follow them if you can, because they've got some really cool stuff. And Fawn, thanks again for coming down. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you so much, Nick.